0: Hello and welcome to A Father's Heart, a podcast for Catholic dads, brought to you by the Diocese of Nottingham. This podcast series will explore Patris Cordier, that is the apostolic letter written by Pope Francis for the year of Saint Joseph. Each month we'll speak to two dads from around the diocese and explore one of the parts of the document. Each part highlights a different characteristic of St. Joseph as a father. We'll be sharing our thoughts and reflections on this document and how the different fathers from around the diocese try to live this out. Here is this month's episode. Hello and welcome to the second episode of A Father's Heart, a podcast for Catholic dads. Our theme for this podcast is an Obedient Father. This is section three of Patrice Cordier, Pope Francis's letter that started the year of St. Joseph. I'll be speaking to Masiano and Marvin from Sacred Heart Parish in Leicester, and we'll be reflecting on what does it mean to be an obedient father, trying to be obedient to the will of God. How do we know it, and what does that look like for us today? Before... We speak to them we'll listen to this section of the letter section three an obedient father as he had done with mary god revealed his saving plan to joseph he did so by using dreams which in the bible and among all ancient peoples were considered a way for him to make his will known joseph was deeply troubled by mary's mysterious pregnancy he did not want to expose her to public disgrace so he decided to dismiss her quietly in the first dream, an angel helps him resolve his grave dilemma. Do not be afraid to take Mary of your wife, for the child conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Joseph's response was immediate. When Joseph awoke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. Obedience made it possible for him to surmount his difficulties, and spare Mary. In the second dream, the angel tells Joseph, get up, take the child and his mother, and flee to Egypt, and remain there until I tell you. For Herod is about to search for the child, to destroy him. Joseph did not hesitate to obey, regardless of the hardship involved. We hear, he got up, took the child and his mother by night, and went to Egypt, and remained there until the death of Herod. In Egypt, Joseph awaited with patient trust the angel of notice that he could safely return home. In a third dream, the angel told him that those who sought to kill the child were dead and ordered him to rise, take the child and his mother, and return to the land of Israel. Once again, Joseph promptly obeyed. He got up, took the child and his mother, and went to the land of Israel. During the return journey, when Joseph heard that Archilius was ruling over Judea in place of his father Herod. He was afraid to go there, and being warned in a dream, now for the fourth time, he went away to the district of Galilee. There he made his home in a town called Nazareth. The evangelist Luke, for his part, tells us that Joseph undertook the long and difficult journey from Nazareth to Bethlehem to be registered in his family's town of origin, in the census of the Emperor Caesar Augustus. There, Jesus was born, and his birth, like that of every other child, were recorded in the registry of the empire. Saint Luke is especially concerned to tell us that Jesus' parents observed all the prescriptions of the law, the rites of circumcision of Jesus, the purification of Mary after childbirth, the offering of the firstborn to God. In every situation, Joseph declared his own fiat like those of Mary at the Annunciation and Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. In his role of the head of a family, Joseph taught Jesus to be obedient to his parents, in accordance with God's command. During the hidden years in Nazareth, Jesus learned at the school of Joseph to do the will of the Father, that was to be his daily food. Even at the most difficult moment of his life in Gethsemane, Jesus chose to do the Father's will, rather than his own becoming obedient unto death, even death on a cross. The author of the letter of the Hebrews thus concludes that Jesus learned obedience through what he suffered. All this makes it clear that Saint Joseph was called by God to serve the person and mission of Jesus directly through the exercise of his fatherhood, and that in this way he cooperated in the fullness of time in the great mystery of salvation, if truly a minister of salvation. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the second episode of A Father's Heart, a podcast of Catholic dads. And thank you very much for joining me. In this episode, we're going to be thinking about section three of Patrice Cordier, Pope Francis' letter that started this year as St. Joseph, and that uh, section is called An Obedient Father. We're thinking all about the will of God. And I'm joined by two dads, again, this time uh, two dads are from Leicester, I'm joined by Maz and Mervin, You're very welcome Maz and Mervin. If you want to say hello and tell us a little bit about yourselves. Hello. Hi,
1: I'm Mervin. I live in Leicester. I'm married to Valencia. We have three children, Christopher, Nathan and Rihanna. And I'm a driving instructor. That's me. Yeah, and uh, I'm uh, Maz
2: or is my full name. Uh, I'm uh, happily married <laughs> with uh, Jolina. And uh, blessed with three wonderful children, Francesco, uh,
0: Damien, and Esther. Excellent. So, uh, six six children between the two of you, so hopefully you've got lots of wisdom uh, yeah. along there. So um, oh, what are the ages of your children? I, I believe I've, I've been introduced to uh, Maziano and uh, Mervyn by Deacon Seamus in Leicester. And he uh, told me a little bit about about your backgrounds, but... Uh, I've recommended you a great example of the uh, St. Damien community uh, in, in Leicester, of, uh, of families uh, working, uh, praying and uh, support, uh, meeting together, really, to help grow and fade. So uh, w- what are the ages of your children? And uh, do you want to tell us a little bit about your family lives together?
1: Uh, uh, the eldest, which is Christopher, is 17. Uh, the second one is Nathan, is 15. And then Rihanna is 13. Uh, they go to St. Paul's School. Um, It's good to spend time with them. At times, I learn a lot of things from them as well. Um, Listening to them, understanding them, and then trying to teach what I know, trying to tell them that, yes, you can do well in school and in life, but don't forget about Jesus. If he is there with you in your life, everything will be fine. That's excellent. Thank you very much, Mervyn.
2: Yeah, and uh, myself, I think you know, I'm I'm on the first phase. I think Marv's, Marvin's already, you know, got a, a bit of the extra wisdom with his teenage children. So for myself, uh, Francesco is seven, uh, Damien is uh, five, and. Uh, Esther is only eight months old, so early days. But yeah, I mean, similarly to Marvin, we as a family journey together, uh, you know, uh, as part of the Jesus Youth Movement and uh, also being, you know, at Sacred Heart, uh, our parish. And I think the one thing that, uh, you know, being part of Sacred Heart is, is the... The family culture that we have, you know, inspired by Father John Deacon Seamus, Deacon Bill, you know, great people amongst us. And uh, similarly to Marvin, I only say to my kids three things that they need to follow. The rest will take care of itself. You know, one is to always love God as much as possible. The second one is... Love your family, and third one is love and respect everyone around you. I think you know those three values, and then the rest will take care of itself
0: absolutely so it's great to hear the kind of experience of fatherhood there, so all the way up to the touching of adulthood uh, to the really first few months of life there so I know that we've got a, going to have a great conversation there today. Those of you listening you will have just heard uh, that section of uh Pope Francis's letter and uh, we're going to just have start off by saying what jumped out for you two uh, in reading it? Is there anything that kind of uh, stood out that you thought that was, that was quite an interesting point that the Pope fared or never thought about uh, that before, about St. Joseph or maybe even uh, being a father or being a Christian?
2: Well, you know, for me, I think uh, St. Joseph... Uh, was the main thing for me was is obedience to say yes uh, to you know to god's call, calling in his life and similarly as fathers you know sometimes there's plenty of times when we are hesitant uh, to say yes to god whenever he calls us so saint joseph's a perfect example for us dads you know we, we don't need to know everything the theology or be really clever and knowledgeable or whatever all we have to do is, with an obedient heart, trust in the Lord, say yes, and I
0: think everything falls into place. That's a brilliant point. That's th- excellent. Thank you. I definitely, uh, I saw similar when you said that then. I thought, yeah, it's just like, it must have been the first kind of dream of, okay, you're going to be you're going to be the foster father, you're going to be the father to God's son. You're going to look after we'll look after the mother of God, and like, okay, I, I can deal with that, and then you've got to go down to Bethlehem, and about okay, I can deal with that. And then it's just, each time, his plans are just kind of thrown out the window, and then it's um, and he just and he just rolls with it. He just goes, "Okay, God, I trust in you." I like that. Thanks, and Marvin. What What of your thoughts on reading it?
1: Oh well, I I, I thought that uh, yes, uh, the Lord. Uh, Well, God had given him a task and um, he said yes, Uh, but uh, the struggle that he went through, we never looked at that unless I read uh, read it and, and and I saw that, yes, uh, many a times he was uh, told to move from here to there and to find another job or to adjust yourself. And all he did for the love of uh, God and for the for the child, which was, was within Mary, and he accepted her with a whole heart and also was trying to protect Mary and the child and as the child grew, he, he started giving the fatherly love that is the earthly father and again doing the will of God. So, yeah, he, we, we never uh, look at that. We only look at
0: St. Joseph.
1: Uh, yeah.
0: There's many things behind it. You know? yeah. yeah, absolutely. Kind of the, the rosy cheek St. Joseph looking at the very peaceful yeah. Jesus on, on on Christmas cards. And yeah, he must have been a brave guy. I think I think you're dead right on that. I've really struck by his just commitment, and his ability to say yes. Um, is there any characteristics of Saint Joseph's fatherhood or him as a man that really inspire you?
2: So, for me, I think uh, is leadership. You know, as a role model within the family. So, what I take from Saint Joseph is, you know, and and I think this is what I do at home. I said. As the husband or as the dad, you know, my children, as the husband or my wife, my I have to set my priorities right. Uh, so one thing that I've said to my family, uh, and, and this is a blessing that came out from the World Meetings of Family in Dublin. Uh, since we came, uh, you know, from the World Meeting of Families, we decided that no matter, no matter what's going on, uh, when I come back from work, between five and six, we will say the rosary together as a family. And uh, my seven-year-old leads the rosary. Brilliant. So it's it's in, instilling those values in my family because if I don't do it, you know, no, no one's going to do it in the family. And if I want to practice and be a, a good father, which is my priority, and a good husband, then I need to do what you know, the, the ways that God wants me to le- lead my life
0: that's excellent. Thank you. That's a re- really good point of his leadership. i often something that again, thinking about those rosy cheek Christmas cards, <laughs> uh, we, we don't really see that really, it just kind of seems very passive.
1: Yeah, uh, for me, uh, it's uh, when Saint Joseph said yes to God, he listened carefully to the will of God and he said, Yes, I will do as you wanted here again uh, we must listen to our wives to our wife and our children's because we want to know what they want to say so if we listen to them and then we tell them okay this is right this is wrong we as a father then take that place which we need to train them in a proper way not only with works or with studies everything that we do even with word of god we have to make them sit down and pray along with them, open the Holy Bible and read the word of God. And then we can also tell them, can you explain to me what, what God is saying to you? What happens there is that they come to know God more more clearly, more, they understand more, and then they start opening their heart. And I think St. Joseph did that with Jesus. Uh, many a times when he was working as a carpenter, he would teach Jesus to do the, the job of a carpenter as well. So, And along with that, he must be talking to Jesus about God's will and what God wanted him to do. So, yeah, I'm, tra- I'm following in that footstep.
0: That's, those two answers together absolutely brilliant. It's two things in St. James that I've never thought of before. Because as you say, Maz was well, uh, speaking, first of all, about the leadership. I thought, oh, yeah, I might have like, I think sometimes, I don't know about you guys, but uh, you think like of, the, of, the, of a husband and father and feeling that responsibility to kind of lead and uh, protect. I'm sometimes thinking, oh, I'm not. I'm not sure I can do this. I'm not sure if I, if if I'm worthy enough to do this. Uh, like if I think I had it hard, we've got Joseph, who was supposed to be leading the Son of God, the second person in the Trinity, and then Our Lady, who's conceived without sin, who's never for a moment of her life been away from the heart of God. It's kind of like, and he's sat there going, right, okay, God, you've placed me in responsibility, <laughs> and uh, I think that's um, brilliant to see that how. God calls us and gives us the ability to do that—that that, that role of leadership. And Saint J- Joseph can do it in the Holy Family, and we 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 can do it in ours. And as you're saying now, I'm thinking of, uh, I'm thinking about that still, of um, Marvin was saying about listening important for that. And I thought that's how he did it. That's how Saint Joseph was able to do that. He he listened to God, he listened to Mary and and to Jesus, and he reflected back and he thought on that. I've, I think that's so key. I know. With, I can be so easy I, in my family life. Just talk, just talk, talk. Think of oh, like that. I've got to have the answer and be able to say, okay, let's let's just stop and listen. It's such an important skill and important thing to remember, and not having to think that we've got all the answers. I think it's a good thing about fatherhood. I'm not sure of your thoughts on that, guys. <laughs> The
2: conversation, if it's a one way conversation, God, I want this in my life. I want a car. I want a dream job. I want a big car, big house. It becomes a one way conversation and you're never listening to God. And and that's the importance of listening, you know, and then God will send people, the Bible, many things where we will be able to listen to his voice. Uh, And that's how I think, you know, during the years I've, I've been uh, God's been saying no not this
0: way this way <laughs> helping me to listen <laughs> that's, that's really good. I think that links uh, really well to my next question which is um, how, how do you discern God's will in your lives is what, what, there any tips or kind of experience that you've uh, got to share on that I think uh, depends how you look
1: at it uh, relationship is very important with God if you have a good relationship with God then you are talking to him. Then you're listening to him. You're talking to him. You're listening to him. And that gives you the energy, the strength to do the changes in our life. If we just do the things just because we want to do it, then we are not really listening. We are just doing it, just for the sake of it. It is very important to have a good relationship with God. So when you pray, you talk to God and be open and be frank to him. Because when you, when you say something to him, he's already answered your prayer. So, no, there's no point to keep repeating the prayer. Just tell him, this is my problem. This is what I want to do. This is where I'm struggling. And he's listening to you. Now it's your turn. You listen to what he tells you to do. And to do that, you need to know the word of God. You need to open the Holy Bible, read it, listen to what the Lord says, and do it. And that is where everything happens.
2: Uh, Yeah, and uh, similarly, uh, Marvin, you know, they say the Holy Spirit works, so we're on the same page. (laughs) So, uh, you know, for me as well, you know, one is what Marvin said, to have that relationship with God. Uh, Second is the word of God, and then also uh, to operate in the Holy Spirit. So, you you know, if, if I... Uh, pray to the Holy Spirit to help me. So, you know, there's the gifts of the Holy Spirit, the fruits of the Holy Spirit, and then your charism. Uh, So when I try and discern, there's not just, you know, there's when I discern for myself as an individual, and then I discern for my family, uh, what's right for my family, what I need to do as a family. So, if, if, if there's a thought, you know, in the Bible, it said you'll dream, you'll have visions. And I, I truly believe that this is what the Bible says and this is what it speaks to me. And, and if I'm a Christian, I need to, uh, you know, the, the word of God is the word of God. There's no gray areas. There's no, it's either black or it's white. There's no middle grounds. Uh, so, I, I take this very seriously. And what we'll do is there's a small thought or a small vision while praying, while praying my personal prayer, I would share it with my wife, you know. Uh, and then what we'll do is pray about it, pray during adoration, pray during the rosary, pray during the, 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 the personal prayer. And if it's, if it's meant to be for us, then I sense, we sense a great sense of peace within us. And this means that it's coming from God. And if there's confusion, sometimes we need to pray a bit more and then it gets clearer. And if it's confusion all the way through, that means it's not for you. (laughs) So I think uh, for me, it's just praying. Uh, Praying is like your mobile phone being connected to the tower. Uh, So that's your... You can't see the signal, but it's just like prayer. You can't see it, but it's con- being connected to God. Secondly is then listening to Him in silence, because he speaks in a very in, a, in the silence of your heart the, uh, and, then, and then third is to act upon it. So there's no point asking for, for something from God and then not fulfilling it by taking action uh, and I think it's the book of James in the Bible it says uh, faith without action is uh, pointless so faith plus action and uh, you know I, I mean that's how we
0: descend as a, as a family that's, that's brilliant advice basically thank you very much I particularly like the word, you have the word peace I think sometimes we can think oh if I do God's will that's going to be something that I don't want to do and uh, it, it can be kind of seen of that. I think particularly the will presents us sort of do whatever you want to do and that's, that's what's good for you, which I think if everyone did that, the world would fall apart. Whereas, um, is say, God God's not going to lead us into something and go okay, this is going to be awful for you. You're going to, uh, it's going to leave you with anxiety and hardship all the time and there will be peace. I think often on God's road, if not it's not always easy, and there are times when we have, when we are maybe find either persecution from the world or kind of discomfort with ourselves, or even uh, we we know we've got the we've mentioned that you've talked about confusion, the great enemy, um, Satan, who tries to kind of break up families and to kind of, and make, make yeah. things hard. But God, will always prevail, and that sense of kind of focusing on what brings us peace is a great advice around the sermon. I particularly like we kind of bring it to prayer. And trust in God, and also talk, bring others into prayer as right? well. If you think this is something I, I'm still a little bit confused about and I need some uh, guidance on, that's, that's great. Um, is there any particular time that you found it hard to know or follow God's will in your own life?
1: Yeah, I, I think when the journey begins, when when I started knowing the Lord, well, I knew the Lord because I was born in a Catholic family. But when I started really knowing the Lord, who he was, when I asked the question, Jesus, who are you, who who you are? And I want to know more about it. That's when the journey began. At that time, yes, I was saying, oh, this is not for me. I'm not ready to do this. I don't want to change. But later on, as it goes on and on and on, then you start saying Yes. Because now you know, you are in a relationship, you know him well. And many things that happens in our lives is like you see those things and you say, I could not do that, it's the Lord's doing. And when you see that, you become like, what? It is really happening. And that's when you start doing whatever he tells you to do. And so the time when you start and where you end, is, is the journey. Basically, I'm trying to say that the more time you spend with him, the more you will know him. And then you will do whatever he tells you to do.
2: Yeah. Uh, and, you know, perfectly. Again, uh, I had my conversion moment about 10 years ago. I, I, I called myself as a calendar Catholic. You know, I went to church every Sunday because mom and dad went to church. Uh, but, yeah, I, I came to my senses uh, and uh, through the gift of confession, uh, you know, it was a Jesus Youth uh, conference and, uh, called Spark. And through uh, confession, I had, I had my, my uh, encounter moment, if you would if like to say. And uh, I had this moment where he is the potter, I am the clay. You know, if I simply put it that way. So I was driving my car with a dirty windscreen. I couldn't see what was in front of me, and as soon as 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 soon as I knew that, um, you know, God wants me uh, to walk in in the ways of the Lord, that's when I realized that God started taking things away from me, which wasn't meant to be for me. Uh, and you know, if if I had to go into detail, I I led a very corrupt life uh, into a lot of things that wasn't. Good for me, for the society, for the community, for my family, and I think that's why you know I emphasize emphasize everyone uh, about the having that relationship with Christ. He'll show you uh, the world. He'll he'll take you to Mount Everest, and show you. when when he says that he will uh, move mountains for you. Uh, I can promise you, you, he'll move mountains for you. Uh, not literally the mountain, but you'll be shaken when he starts working in your life. It, 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 uh, you know, he definitely
0: uh, shows you the way. Been, again, just feel like you described another part of my life. <laughs> then the about, <laughs> and the need for confession. I don't know about people listening, but I think that's one of the things I've missed most in, in the pandemic of having that opportunity to regularly go to confession. And, Sometimes when I have managed to find a proof that's been safe to do outdoors or things like that, in time when we've been allowed to, it kind of made me realise I have to have to go to seek this. I can't kind of just like have left all beforehand. And I like the image you say about the um, the dirty window and kind of clearing it away. Like it, it can be hard to discern what God wants us to do if we have things in the way between us and God. And I think it's something that. Uh, as a church and maybe of a laity, we don't kind of talk about enough of about the beauty of confession and how the great gift it is to us, and particularly of adults we think about very much of children, about going to confession and i've been've not been very nice to my sister and things like that, but actually kind of to talk about like kind of what's in the heart what 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 stopping my heart being open to God and, and open to others, and once we do that, discerning god's will is it' be much much easier, much much easier. Pope Francis, in his in this letter, highlights that Jesus learns obedience through the example of St. Joseph. What do you hope to teach your children looking forward in the year to come? What would you like to say that, when they turn around and say, Dad, I got this from you?
2: Okay, like for, for me, the one thing, I, you know, the best I can do for my child, I, as a human being, am bound to make mistakes right because and and that's what we're working for working for perfection until I see him face to face uh, so uh, as a father the one thing that i really emphasize my kids and i do it every night with them is one is to read the bible so they have the children bible uh, we, and and a blessing that the, the school gave them so every night uh, Francesco and Damien would read the Bible, and and then I would have a 20-second hug with them. Uh, and on the 20-second hug, I would just ask them to freely uh, just thank God for their day, for what they had, for their uh, um, for their friends, for their teachers, for even for the bad times that they had in school where they couldn't think properly or they couldn't work out uh, the maths, you know, or, or, or the studies. Uh, so, yeah, so the word of God, feed them uh, with the word of God. And secondly is the, the you know, I can express
1: my fatherly love every night with them. Well, uh, it's not an easy task, I would say. Um, it's difficult to get them in line and to tell them what to do. This is right. This is wrong. But then again, as parents, uh, we have to be grateful and thankful to the Lord that uh, that God has blessed us with children. Yeah. There's many times where we take things for granted, like others want children badly, they can't have it. Yeah, Some way or the other, they can't have it. But now that we have the children with us, we have to be thankful to the Lord and say, thank you, Lord, for giving us this lovely children. The responsibility which comes along with it is that we have to train our children We can't just say, no, I can't do this. They don't listen to us. They don't want to do it and say, okay. Say, for example, they want, we are saying, come on, let's go to church. And they say, no, I I want to sleep. I don't want to come for church today. But that doesn't mean we stop there. They say, no, you're going to listen to the word of God. Tell me, is anything wrong in that? No. Then the other thing is we need to train them. How are we going to train them? As they know us, they need to know God the Father. So we need to, to tell them to read the word of God. And that also, they will not say it easily, yes. But we cannot give up on them. That is the responsibility which God has given to us. Tell your children about me. We need to tell them who is God. Who is God the Father? What is, does he love us? Is he a merciful God? Who is Jesus, the Son of God? Do you want to know him? So with time, they will get used to it. They will start understanding. They will grow in faith. And that is our responsibility. We just can't say they can learn at school or they will learn in church or they will do this on their own. They will come up with other ideas. The world is so dangerous place that there are so many things going on in the world. They can easily get used to other things. Then if you try and tell them, now listen, Jesus is the son of God. You got to listen to Jesus. You got to do this. You got to do that. They will say it's too late. So I would like to tell you something more, if that's okay with you. Uh, As I was praying one day, I asked the Lord, why are all these children so much in trouble? What is going on? And the Lord said, Marvin, it is your fault. It is everybody's fault. I said, everybody, yes, it is everybody's fault. I said, why, what does it mean? Then the Lord said, okay, I'm drawing a pit here and you are telling your children about God afterwards when they're already inside the pit. You got to tell your children at the right time. There is a time for everything. You got to teach them the word of God. You got to tell them about God when they are at the right age. If they don't learn about God, then they are going to go into this world and do whatever they want. They'll fall in trouble and then you tell them, God, what is happening? Tell them about God. But it's too late. Yes, they can encounter Christ. It will. They will come and know God finally. Some of them, some of them will not be that lucky. But why to go through all this trouble? So then I asked the Lord, what do you want me to do? He goes, I said to the Lord, shall I go and tell, because I know Deacon Seamus, Deacon Seamus, or shall I tell Father John Lelly? Or shall I tell Bishop Patrick? Who do you want me to say? These things that they should teach them first, the word of God at the right age. He goes, This you should not tell to any one of them. Then I said, Who should I tell? He says, Go and talk to the Pope. Tell him that you, the children, should know the Word of God. They should know me at the right age that is before confirmation, before confirming the faith. And I said, Lord, this is tough for me, I can't do it. So every time, I I just didn't do it. So every time I go to pray, he reminds me, you have not done my work. Yes, obedience, I've not obeyed what he said. Again, next day I go to pray, again he reminds me, you have not done my work. So then finally, I spoke to Seamus, he said, well, you must try. If it's God's will, I spoke to Father, I spoke to other people, but nothing is happening because God said nothing will happen. So that's what the Lord said, nothing will happen. You need to speak to the Pope. So I wrote a letter to Pope Francis, but I haven't got any reply. So, But I have done what he told me to do. So that is where I feel in my heart that the Lord has asked something from me. And I don't see anything wrong in it. I feel Yes, the will of God is brilliant. If everybody knows him early, beautiful, that will be a nice and a good relationship between God and his children.
0: And that is what I call obedience, right. which is tough. That's a great example of obedience. And Well, I'm kind of picking up from both of your, um, both of your, your answers there was about, first of all, gratitude, passing that on. And I think that's a great... Uh, starting point, because I think so easily, what the world offers us is something else than more we've got, and that what we've got is never good enough.
2: Yeah, Joe, I, I also wanted to add uh, this uh, bit where uh, St. Francis of Assisi says, action speaks louder than words. And for me as a father, if if I'm not practicing the way that I should practice the Christian life, uh, my children are never going to do it because the the one role model that they see they see every day uh at home uh, you know how I treat my wife, how I treat them uh and 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 the church starts from home uh, so if i can't make a church in my home then my, my children will never pick this up. You know, like Marvin said, the peer pressure at schools or, or wherever they go, it's bringing them back to basic again.
0: So um, there was a survey done, in uh, or a study, shall I say, in 2016 around the handing on of faith and how children carry on the faith that they receive from their families. And they found that children who attend church and pray with their father are 10 times more likely to continue practicing their faith when they grow up than those who don't. And I think that's a powerful thing, 10 times more likely. And uh, about our role of fathers, it's kind of like actually to take that time to pray and to show that I think often um, in our world, uh, that if not actually seen of a kind of a manly thing to pray. And it's actually, St. Saint jo- Saint Joseph would have, shown to jesus and i think that's a great and important thing that we hand on. is that of, of praying and sharing our faith with our children that's just saying okay yeah sometimes it is hard to be a catholic it is it is hard to be a christian with the challenges we face but the easier things in life aren't always the best things in life and sometimes things we have to work really hard for are are, are those wonderful things
2: yeah, without Good Friday, there's no Easter.
0: Ah, <laughs> oh, has me uh, prattling on for minutes there, and, and <laughs> in one sentence, Maz absolutely nails it. Absolutely. As we've got um, our second to last question now, so we're here in this section that Pope Francis really creates a great link, looking at uh, what he called the fiat or that that yes, what Mary had at uh, the Annunciation when the when the angel Gabriel appeared to her, and then. He describes Jesus in the garden of that being his fear, his yes to the will of God. But then what he actually showed in St. Joseph, rather than just that one moment, anything that there are dozens of moments that we know in the scriptures and ones that we wouldn't know in his daily life of a husband and a father and of a worker just doing his work for God. All of these yeses were actually not just a personal yes, that, oh, that's nice that they said yes to God, but actually was part of God's saving plan, his saving mystery. So how do you feel as a dad of a husband, of of a man in the world, you are joining in Christ's saving mission?
2: Uh, so uh, in my daily life, I try and, and be the best Christian I can. Uh, so, for example, at work, uh, if something is not right, uh, I... I I wouldn't stand for the wrong basically i would do the right things even even if you know if I get into trouble or if I if I you know if things don't go right but I'll still try and stick to the values Uh, If I'm on the street and if I see someone, uh, one is I'll encourage my children and myself or or any one of us that will buy something and give to the poor if we see something. So it's practicing uh, our uh, Christian values wherever we are. Uh, For example, the hardest thing to do uh, for for those who are listening, if you're sitting on your canteen and at the time of grace when you want to do your father, son and the Holy Spirit, I challenge myself to do it. Uh, in front of everyone, you know, say the grace before I eat. Uh, be thankful to God with the food I have. Uh, and even while I'm driving, if someone cuts you, uh, that's the most uh, <laughs> that's the most uh, time where you get frustrated. You know, you want to, but is you know, praying to God, saying, "Give me those patience. Uh, help me to become a better person." And there's a quote I don't know who said it. If I'm not embarrassed of who I were 12 months ago, that means I've not changed. Uh, so I just try to be a better Christian with my family, with my workplace. So I pray to God every day, God, give me the wisdom, God's wisdom to come on, on me, come, come, upon me and my family and my children, that we always discern the will of God in our lives.
0: That's great. Thank you very much. I can definitely chime in with that when somebody cuts you up in your driving. That's uh that's an area where I particularly need God to God's grace more and more. Well, uh, to me,
1: uh, it's uh, the love of God that has changed my heart. And this love is going out for all the children in this world, not only my children, but to all the children in this world, that I want to save them before they get into trouble. I feel this is a mission for me. The mission is that if... The children can know the word of God and know God at the right age. Then they are saved. Then they know their shepherd. And if they fall in trouble, the shepherd will go looking for them. Why don't we do something that the children knows the father early? (laughs) The pressure of this world is taking over. You got to go to work. You come tired, you say, I can't do it. You leave them alone. Most of the time, nowadays, they are on their phones, iPads, and doing things which they want. Correcting them and giving them the word of God early would be the best thing we can do for God. I think that is my mission, and if that is will, the will of God, I'm ready to do it.
0: There's something that jumped out to me. of like, We often pray for our own children, but do we pray for the friends of our children? and their friends and their families, and to be lifting up not just our children, but the culture that our children are in, in prayers, is a wonderful thing to do. And you've inspired me there. You really have. And I think that's something that I will try and do. Thank you so much for some incredible, inspiring answers about how you're trying to help in God's saving mission. We can easily think, oh, that's the job of the priests and the deacons and things like that, but that's our, it's, it's our job too. We all play our part. In, uh, in God's saving work, therefore he have called us, each of us, to do that. So um, our final question of the podcast, what do you think are the biggest joys and challenges of being a Catholic husband and a Catholic dad?
2: Okay, so the, the biggest joy is that I know that Christ is with me and uh, my family is protected by Christ uh, and he's the head of my family. Uh, the challenge, I would say, is, you know, as humans, we sometimes fall into the worldly things. Uh, there's always challenges. But as long as I stay in the spirit, focused with Christ, it, it brings me back to where I should belong. So it's always having that joy that even in my suffering, that Christ is there because he, he, did, he did the ultimate suffering for us, right? Where he died for us on the cross. So in all our difficult times, in all our sufferings, I trust in Jesus that He is always with me. And uh, whenever I'm faced with challenge, I just say, Lord Jesus, send Your Holy Spirit down. I need Your help, basically. And uh, He answers. It could be a yes or a no, but He definitely
1: answers. <laughs> <laughs> The joy comes with the love of God, the love of Christ. Christ accepted me the way I am. I was a sinner. I still make mistakes, but Christ accepted me. He just showed me love and mercy. And to be a husband and a father, I have to teach them and train them to love one another, to respect one another. We are all imperfect, but to be perfect, I need to give them the word of God. And that is what Jesus said. To me, my family is the one who does the will of God. So if my family doesn't know the word word of God, doesn't know God, then we are going to fall apart. That is what he meant. That means he wants to keep us together. That is why he says, the family that does the will of God, that is my family. And I, as an husband and as a father, I need to train my children and tell my wife about God. And we must do his will. That gives me joy, love, and peace in my heart and at my home.
0: I'd like to conclude our podcast uh, with prayer, with our guest, particularly uh, praying uh, for those who are listening. So in the name of the Father, of the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.
2: So, Father God, uh, we thank you for making me in your image and likeness. Father God, we thank you for our lives. Thank you for... Saint Joseph, thank you for our family. Thank you for our children. And Lord, I thank you for all that you've shown to us by your word of God, by the Holy Spirit, for teaching us, uh, for coming to us. Uh, Father God, I praise you and I thank you for all that you do. And in Jesus' name, I pray, amen.
1: Father God, I would like to thank you for giving me this opportunity to glorify your name to praise you. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for being with me while I was doing this interview. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for guiding me and bringing out the right words which I needed to speak to glorify the Father. I make this prayer through your Son,
0: our Lord Jesus. Amen. Lord, we pray for all those who are listening, wherever they may be, in our diocese or around the world. We ask you to Give them the strength that they need to be the fathers, to be the husbands, to be the men that you're calling them to be. We ask you to, especially awaken in us, that strength to be committed to the task that you've given us. Just as you gave that commitment and that strength to St. Joseph to trust you and to keep saying yes and then seeing the wonderful things that came from those many little yeses in times of difficulty when we may feel that we're on our own send us people who will be our simons and sirene those who can carry the cross with us and support us to be share with to be co-workers in your saving mission amen amen our lady queen of the family pray for us saint joseph patron of fathers pray, pray for, for us God. In the name of the Father, and the, and the Son, Son, and Lord the Holy Son. Spirit. All right. Thank you both so much for joining us in today's podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of A Father's Heart. We hope that you was enjoyable and gave you lots of things to reflect on. Please remember to subscribe and share this with others so that we can reach of many Catholic dads in our diocese and help them be inspired by the example of Saint Joseph in faith and fatherhood. Until next time, God bless and keep well.